This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode number nine. In today's show, I'm going to share some easy and practical ways you can use your essential oils at home. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. My name is Liz Fulcher. I am a clinical aromatherapist. I am an educator of essential oils, and I'm your host for this podcast, so I'll be with you for the duration of the, of the time we have together, and it's really super to be back with you again. So today's show is going to be getting down to nuts and bolts and a lot of the basics, just how to use essential oils at home, and I find that even that the basic explanations of using essential oils and a lot of the basics apply to everyone. So even if you're someone who is, quote, an aromatherapy expert or been using essential oils for a long time, have a listen anyway. Don't be put off by saying, oh, I know all this. I'm going to turn off the the podcast. No, no, come back. Sometimes you get new ideas or, or refreshes your imagination like, oh yeah, I haven't used my oils that way in a long time. So hopefully you'll hang around even if you've been using essential oils forever. Before I get into that, I'd like to read two incredibly beautiful emails that I got from students of mine. They're two success stories from graduates of my aromatherapy certification program. I teach this program twice a year in the spring and the fall, although last year I did teach it in the summer, but found that I didn't have enough family time, so I'm not doing that again, but fall and spring. And the first email comes from a woman named Kathy Higgins, who's from New Jersey, And she writes, Dear Liz, thank you for sharing your essential oil knowledge through the aromatherapy certification program. It opened up a whole new holistic modality for me. I'm so grateful to be able to combine my teaching skills, my master's degree, and your certification into my own company, AbundantTranquility.com. I've now been qualified to offer continuing education credits to members of the Yoga Alliance and to massage therapists. Thank you for opening up the door, Liz. Uh, Kathy took the aromatherapy certification program last summer, in the summer of 14, and just went gangbusters with, with a product line and found that her calling really was teaching. And I'm always thrilled when my students go on to, to offer classes because we really need really good qualified teachers out there explaining to people how to use essential oils safely and properly. And if you will indulge me, I have a second success story that I'd like to share with you from a dear student named Sally Harvey. And she writes, Dear Liz, I just wanted to share how excited I am about being able to share the world of aromatherapy and essential oils with others. I'm so grateful to have taken your class. It gave me the knowledge based on science to confidently use essential oils in my massage practice. I also have an aromatherapy studio in my home where I teach classes. It is a joy to see people's reactions when they discover how they can incorporate essential oils into their own wellness lifestyle. Thank you for teaching me how to do that and being a part of my life. Needless to say, 
this note really warmed my heart, and I'm so happy when my students find success. You know, Sally, when she took the certification program, she was 60 years young. Sally had retired from, I don't know, 30-plus years of teaching in a traditional classroom and decided it was time to pursue something that she wanted to do just for fun, which is why she took the class, because her passion for essential oils. And I don't think she really thought she'd be teaching again, but realized that the need for it and there was students were drawn to her. So it is never too late. I don't ever want to hear somebody say they're too old to follow their dream because it's really, it's never too late. If you are interested in studying essential oils and learning more about aromatherapy and producing a line and opening a website and teaching and supporting your family with this new passion, you can do it. You just gotta, you just have to study and just stay on the path. Anyone can do it. Okay, so let's get into today's topic of specific ways of using essential oils at home. Uh, before I actually get into those details, I just want to say a word about using essential oils. If you want to become more proficient and more comfortable with essential oils, you are going to have to simply use them. Don't wait for that magical moment when, ah, I know exactly what to do with my rosemary. People who are beginners especially tend to kind of keep them aside in their special little box and wait for that magic moment when they're going to know exactly what to do with that oil. That doesn't usually happen. What you want to do is pull out, since I've used rosemary as an example, I'll go with that again. You know, you have a new bottle of rosemary. You're not real sure what to do with it. Well, pull out that rosemary and start using it. Read about it. Learn the safety of that specific essential oil and then just start using it. You can use the oils in the 10 different ways that I'm going to explain to you in this podcast. But I love to do that, especially um, when there's an oil that I bought it and I don't really know. I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not sure I really understand it well. Sometimes I'll get it out and I'll say, this week is all about cystus or ginger or nutmeg or whatever the oil is that you are not real familiar with. Um, you know, start using the methods of application that I'm going to share today. You might want to pick one oil a week and just say, this week is all about that oil. You know, it's only by using them that you're going to get comfortable and your knowledge will increase. The more you use them, guess what? The more ways you'll find to use them. So let's get started. I'm going to share 10 specific ways to use essential oils at home. I'm going to start with number one, diffusion. I'm starting with diffusion because it is one of the most versatile ways to use essential oils in the home. It also happens to be the most popular way to use essential oils. So what is diffusion? Diffusion is exposing essential oils into the air, period. Whether you are wafting a tissue under your nose to using a gorgeous, you know, um, ultrasonic mister, whenever you expose essential oils into the air, this is known as diffusion. There are a lot of ways you can diffuse. And in fact, I did a blog post a while ago called Eight Methods of Diffusing Essential Oils. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes because that goes more into detail about diffusing than what I'll actually be covering in this podcast. Today, I'm talking about diffusion as one method of 10 ways to use oils. That blog post goes into eight ways to diffuse. So if you want details, check it out in the show notes. So everyone has kind of their personal preference, the, the personal favorite way of using diffusers or of even which type of diffuser. I go through phases depending on my moods and sometimes I'll find uh, a device that I really love. And at the moment I'm in love with a, a model called LUL, L-U-L-L, by a company, I think it's called Kuz, 
Q-O-O-Z. I'll put it, a link to it in the show notes. My son purchased a house last week and it was his housewarming gift. I bought him this beautiful gray model because his colors are all neutral and he loves it. He keeps it in his kitchen. He diffuses patchouli, which happens to be his favorite. And um, I think he also moves it into the bedroom. I also recently gave a blue model to a young couple that got married. Diffusers make wonderful housewarming gifts. And there are a lot of weddings this time of year. So um, get a diffuser, get two or three bottles of essential oils, maybe put a little note in there, um, with which ones to use and how to use them in case the couple is really unaware of, you know, if using essential oils is new to them. So uh, I particularly like this model because you don't need much oil. It's easy to clean. You don't need any special water. And it is really light, easy to move around. And I love that it, this model has a light inside. So you've got a nice little nightlight going on. It's also very quiet. Some aren't so quiet. Some diffusers gurgle. And I have one that does that, which I kind of like. It sounds, you know, it's that water sound, but other people want them to be super quiet. So in terms of safety, diffusers are real safe. You, you'll only a tiny bit of oil actually reaches your body. So it's rel- relatively safe for everyone, even kids. Just watch your choice of oils, especially around children and the elderly, because of course they're going to be more vulnerable to the effects of whatever essential oil you're using. So be mindful of the um, chemical family called ketones, which would be like hyssop and um, sage. Those oils contain molecules which can actually be, you know, neurotoxic if they're if breathed. So um, Pompeii Organics website they sell essential oils, and they actually have a tool on their website where you can search the essential oils you want by chemical family. So if you would like to know which oils are the ketones, the ones that you might want to avoid if you have kids, I'm going to put a link to the um, to that t- search tool in the show notes. So I'm going to put in there Pompeii Organics Chemical Family Search Tool, and you can go in there and search ketones and look at those oils and say, okay, I've got little ones, these oils I'm not going to diffuse. Um, everything else is pretty safe. The oxide families are fabulous. Monoterpenes are wonderful in a diffuser. They're they're um, uplifting. They boost immunity. Sesquiterpenes, sesquiterpenols, monoterpenols. For those of you for whom this information is new, just know that essential oils are broken down into chemical families based on their molecular structure. And that's also how we determine the therapeutic properties and a lot of the safety of the essential oils. All right, so let's get into some very specific diffuser ideas for using essential oils at home. Let's go room by room. So in the kitchen, perfect place to use a diffuser. It's a busy room. There are a lot, there can be a lot of bacteria in the kitchen. Um, what works really well in a kitchen um, are food, essential oils that are derived from plants that also provide us food. Does that make sense? Food, essential oils. So your citruses, lemon, orange, Grapefruit are fabulous to diffuse in the kitchen. Any of the herb essential oils, basil, rosemary. I wouldn't go with thyme so much because it's highly stimulating, but if you did use thyme essential oil, I would use thyme chemotype linalool, which is a kind of a more gentle uh, essential oil, and it tends to be just real stimulating. If, if you do use thyme, I mean, it's fine to use it, but just use like one drop. It doesn't take much to overpower the blend in the diffuser, and that's all you smell is thyme. 
The other thing that's really nice in the kitchen are the mints. Spearmint, which is a bit sweet, and peppermint. And my personal favorite to diffuse, especially in the morning, are basil and grapefruit. They smell so awesome together. Moving into the bathroom, it's an obvious place for any uh, essential oil products because of the aroma factor. So you can keep a diffuser on the bathroom counter. It's a I would probably more be more likely to do that when I have guests. I'd most likely want to use a spray in the bathroom. But if you do have a party or something where there are a lot of people going in and out of the bathroom, I would say put a pretty diffuser in there and just keep it going all night with whatever smells good. Again, the mints are nice in the bathroom. Something eucalyptus, something that's going to really cover any uh, foul aromas. Moving into the bedroom, oh my word, there's so many ways you can use essential oils in the bedroom. First of all, if insomnia is an issue, get your diffuser going as you're starting to get ready for bed. Sleep's not a big issue for me. I mean, I sleep pretty well, but sometimes I get wound up. And if I feel that I'd really like to get start to get myself sleepy before I go to bed, I'll put in marjoram and lavender together in the diffuser. They smell great. Marjoram really makes me sleepy. So two drops of marjoram, two drops of lavender, and perhaps I'll have a nice warm bath and then I get into bed and I'm reading and I have the diffuser next to my bed and I'm inhaling those essential oils. Before you know it, I'm out. So you can um, use essential oils for insomnia in the bedroom. You can also set a romantic mood. I would use the floral essential oils for that. Lang Lang is very nice. Jasmine, rose, of course, the more expensive oils, the, the florals are great for setting um, kind of an aphrodisiac, romantic air into the bedroom. Uh, you could also use some of the more grounding oils like uh, sandalwood or cedarwood if you want sort of a more quiet, calm, earthy feeling in the bedroom. Diffusers in kids' bedrooms are great because, especially if they are kids like middle school age, their bedroom probably stinks. So it's great for just covering up, I don't know, the smell of sneakers and socks and just sweat. Uh, little kids can really benefit from, of course, there's the whole getting them to sleep factor. Lavender is really good. And also if they have nighttime fears, the diffuser can be a beautiful nightlight while offering this great aroma coming from the diffuser. The living room is, of course, a beautiful place for the diffuser because like the kitchen, it's a heavily populated area. Now, which oils you want to use will depend on who's living in the home, who's using the living room. So if it's just a, a couple, perhaps um, empty nesters who are just by themselves, the kids have grown and gone, you know, let talk about it. See, <clears throat> see which ones you both prefer and you can diffuse it. Lavender is great. The citruses, a lot of the ones that work in the kitchen also work for the living room. If it's at the end of the day, you might want to use calming essential oils for diffusion. If it's the morning, if there is a lot of going on in say a Saturday morning in the living room, you may want to have more uplifting oils like the citruses or lemongrass. Lemongrass actually is calming, but um, I do like to use it in a living space like the living room or the kitchen because it, of its beautiful lemony aroma. So let's move down to the basement. So there's a lot of reasons why you want to diffuse in the basement. And it also depends on what the basement is used for. If it's a playroom, if it's a kid's room, a diffuser will help keep them well. It might help keep them calmer. And if it is a storage area and you've got a, maybe a mildew thing going on, you could definitely diffuse stronger essential oils like thyme, like tea tree, to help keep the... Um, the mildew smell away. 
I'm not saying it will keep the mildew away. You really need to keep an area dry for that and even scrub the area with essential oils. But just in terms of the, um, the odor, it will help keep it down. And I personally, in my basement, I use a lot of eucalyptus and peppermint to help keep mice away. If you have a room in your home that is an area for concentration and study, like a den or a home office or a student room where they need to study, that is a great place to use a diffuser with oils that we call cephalic, brain-stimulating oils like basil, rosemary, and even eucalyptus. And finally, let's talk about if you have a room in your home that is a dedicated sacred space. Maybe you have a room where you do yoga, meditation, perhaps even body work, where you go to have some quiet time. You can really create a sacred space with a diffuser. And the oils I would recommend would be frankincense, first and foremost. Uh, Palo Santo is great. Cistus, galbanum, cedarwood, myrrh, opopanax is great. The resins are actually lovely in a sacred space. So there you've got some ideas for how to use the diffuser in lots of different rooms of your home. So let's now move into methods of use of essential oils in the home, number two, and that is steam inhalation. Steam inhalation kind of dovetails on diffusion because it's, again, creating steam that essential oil molecules go up into the steam. You breathe the steam, and uh, this is more of of a healing method. So you use steam inhalation to directly impact your respiratory system. There are two, the two body systems that have the greatest affinity with essential oils are the respiratory system and the skin. So with steam inhalation, you can basically, you're going to clear your nasal passages and you're going to get the therapeutic effects of essential oils into your lungs. This is such a great way to prevent respiratory infections. So even at the hint of something going on, sinus, throat, lungs, get out your um, steam mechanism, whatever you're using, and we'll talk about that, and get steaming. Okay, so how do you do a steam inhalation? Real simple. First of all, what you need to do is produce steam in some form. So you can pour hot water into a bowl. You can fill the sink with hot water. You can take a mug and put hot water in it and put it in the microwave for a minute. As long as you have steam, so let's just go with a bowl example. So let's just say you have a, <clears throat> a bowl, you pour hot water into it, you've got steam. When you're doing a steam inhalation, you only need one drop of essential oil. It's really easy to get too much. If you do two drops, okay, but one to two drops maximum, because if you remember, one drop of essential oil is a whole lot of plant material. It's very concentrated. So you pour hot water into a bowl, you add one drop of essential oil, let's just say we're going to go with a tea tree. <clears throat> Siberian fir is really nice. White fir is great. Um, depends, of course, what you're trying to address with the steam inhalation. Generally, though, it's a it's a therapeutic effect. So I like to go with tea tree. You're going to just lean over the bowl. Put your head about, I don't know, 12 inches above the bowl. Cover your head with a towel. You want to drape it in such a way that the sides are closed and you actually like form a tent over the bowl. Keep your eyes closed and then just breathe deeply through your nose. You know, you're just going to do it for a minute or two. If you feel it's getting to be too much, if it's too hot, if it's too strong, just raise your head or raise the towel so you get a little fresh air in through the area. 
I use this a lot with my grandson when he's congested, either from allergies or uh, from a cold. When you're using this treatment with children or, again, with seniors, please make sure they don't burn themselves by getting too close to the bowl of water or by spilling it. Essential oils from the oxide chemical family are my favorites to use in a steam inhalation. So you've got laurel leaf, which smells amazing, and it's so great for sinuses, especially if you have allergy issues. Of course, eucalyptus, uh, eucalyptus globulus, eucalyptus radiata. I love rosalina, which has got that camphoraceous aroma, but it's a little more floral. You've got uh, spike lavender, ravent sera, rosemary, uh, cardamom, they're all superb for the um, respiratory system. Tea tree just has a natural affinity with the respiratory system. That's another superb uh, essential oil to keep near your diffuser. When my son, my son's now 29, but when he was a teenager, he used to have sinus infections, chronic sinus infections, until we understood that he really needed to do regular steam inhalations with tea tree. That just always abated it. It would sort of never really um, bloom into a true sinus infection once, he's, once he started doing that. So I bought him one of those little facial steamers, which he would keep in his bathroom. And whenever he would start, he'd say, Mom, I'm getting that feeling around my eyes. We knew the sinus infection was on its way. So I'd say, get steaming, buddy. And he would put one drop of tea tree in, and he would do it when he would wake up in the morning, when he'd come home from school, and again before bed. And for many, many years, that just that was enough. We never needed antibiotics, and his sinus infections never actually bloomed into anything serious. And he eventually outgrew them. So keeping a steam uh, diffuser, if it's something you want to use often rather than continually filling up the sink, you may want to buy yourself just a small uh, mechanism that creates steam and and keep it and use it regularly. You really can't do it too much. Okay, method number three in terms of ways to use essential oils at home is in the bath. Now, I think a lot of us have gotten away from taking baths because I think really because we're in a hurry. We just want to hurry up and take a shower, get clean, and keep moving. But I really invite you to get more familiar with your bathtub. All you have to do is add a few drops of essential oil to a warm bath, and it is superb for stress reduction. You've got this you know, kind of return to the womb feeling of getting inside the tub and slowing down. I mean, if you really want to go all out, you get candles, soft music, send the kids to grandma's and make it a ritual. So it's great for stress reduction and just relaxing and bringing your central nervous system down, down, down so that you are calmer. And of course, depending on the oils you use, you can soothe sore muscles and joints. Hot water is known for that. And then you can use something like black pepper or juniper berry or cypress and, um, you know, soothe your sore muscles and joints. You could even pre-make a blend for joints and muscles, rub it into the joints and then get into the warm water to kind of help penetrate. Going back to, you know, we just talked about steam inhalation, you've got a gigantic, you're, you're sitting inside a gigantic steam uh, diffuser, which is the bathtub, so it can support your respiratory health. So imagine you've got, um, I don't know, like a f- cold or flu and you're achy and you've kind of got some respiratory junk going on and you're stressed. Get a nice bathtub filled with, with warm water, filled with uh, lavender, spike lavender, oils that are great for supporting your respiratory health. And you'll be amazed at how medicinal a bath can be. I am very a very busy person. 
I'm a busy mother. I'm a business person. I've got kids and grandson. And very often I will just shut down and I'll send everyone away, just fill the tub and, um, you know, fill a warm bath in the, in the evening. And I'll just put in geranium, clary sage, lavender. There's some of the ones that personally find very soothing, a little marjoram just to help me unwind after a long day. The other thing with bathing is if you're prone to anxiety or even panic, a warm bath is actually a great way to feel safe and to soothe your nervous system. So you can kind of relax and get over some of that anxiety. And of course, if you have little ones, a bedtime bath with lavender is beautiful. It's a great way to get to set the tone and sleepy time kids. And it will also make bath time more fun for them. Okay. We have covered so far three ways to use essential oils at home. We talked about the diffuser. We talked about steam inhalation and we talked about bathing. Let's talk about number four, room sprays. Okay. Room sprays are straight up awesome. They're so easy to use and you can have one in every room of the house. You can even have your kids making them. They're just fabulous. They are much less expensive than any sort of mass marketed air fresheners and certainly healthier. If you're using Glade or Febreze, I invite you, please stop using them right now and bring out essential oils, water, and a spray bottle and use those instead. You will save the environment. You'll save your health. You'll save a lot of money. All right, here are the directions on making a room spray. Get a four ounce bottle. You can either use glass or you can use PET plastic. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to where you can get the bottles. And I'm going to go with a four ounce size spray bottle and two or three different types of essential oils. You add water. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. If you want to use distilled or spring water, that's fine. I don't want you to overthink this. You can fill it up with tap water, add your essential oils and spray. So, so easy. I don't add alcohol. I don't add anything else to mine. Because oil and water do not mix, you want to spray, I'm sorry, you want to shake well before every time you spray. So going back room to room, I mean, heavens to Betsy, in the kitchen, you could have three spray bottles alone. You could make um, something nice and uplifting to spray in the morning. You could make a room spray just to spray actually on the counters. You could make a room spray to spritz around after you have cooked something. Let's say you've made fish or cabbage. You could, of course, you've always got your, your diffuser. But what I like about a room spray is it's so fast. You grab the bottle and squirt it. End of story. It's real easy. So you can use a lot of those same oils that I recommended for the diffuser. You can put in your spray bottle in the kitchen. You can take and spray the living room to set the tone. If, um, if you've got little boys like I have who tend to be gassy, you definitely want to keep a room spray near them. Keeping a room spray in the bat, room spray in the bathroom is an obvious choice that someone can feel comfortable to use a spray after they've gone to the bathroom. You can spray down in the basement, get that peppermint and eucalyptus out and spray the basement, spray the corners even to help uh, keep the bugs away. What I'm talking about with the room spray is more of an aromatic experience. So you could make a nice refreshing spray with like orange or mandarin with um, grapefruit and a little drop of basil. You can make a disinfectant room spray with eucalyptus and say scotch pine, Siberian fir and tea tree. Or you can make a nice relaxing room spray with chamomile, marjoram, lavender. You get the idea. Add two or three essential oils, some water, and put it in your four ounces. 
and an easy way to remember how much essential oil in the water, I'd put 10 drops combined essential oil in one ounce. So if you have a four ounce bottle, you're going to put in about 40 drops. If you have a two ounce bottle, about 20 drops. Give or take, it kind of depends on which oils you're using. If you've got peppermint, that tends to overpower the aroma. So play around with it. It's um, it's a very safe and effective way to use essential oils in every room of the house. Okay, next number five of our 10 ways to use essential oils at home. Number five is, I'm going to call it quick topical healing. And that involves putting one drop of essential oil on a wound or a bite or something like that. Let me say that I'm not a big proponent of using essential oils neat. To use an essential oil neat means undiluted. Take it from the bottle right onto the skin. If that is a habit that you do consistently, I would invite you to stop that because you could develop sensitization, which means you could develop an allergy. There is an appropriate time to use essential oils undiluted. And those are few and far between, and they're very specific. And those are the ones I'm going to share with you now. Uh, well, I'm going to continue this podcast in a part two, where I get a lot more into topical healing, ways to use essential oils at home in uh, lotions and in oils and so forth. But what I want to talk about today is just a quick fix. There are three specific essential oils I'm going to address for the quick fixes at home. Tea tree, lavender, and lemon. Lavender is great for those quick burns. If you're ironing, if you burn yourself on the stove, if you burn yourself with hot oil, if you have any sort of a burn, putting a drop or two of lavender neat directly on the, the burn will really help reduce the pain. It'll keep it from blistering. and It'll help it heal quickly. The other one is tea tree. If you cut yourself at home, if you have a bee sting, if you have anything where the skin is compromised and it's broken and it could become infected, you can put a drop of tea tree on that. And finally, I use lemon as a quick fix for bleeding. So if something happens, I've got a deep scratch or I suddenly cut myself and I find that it um, doesn't want to stop bleeding, I will put one drop of lemon essential oil neat on that cut and put a bandaid over it and I find that it coagulates faster. So the three essential oils that I can recommend that you keep at home to use neat for those quick fixes, those fast boo-boo fixes are lavender for burns, tea tree for, for infection, and lemon for bleeding. Next week, I'm going to go into using lotions and oils. I'm going to talk about green cleaning. I'm going to get into five other methods of using essential oils at home. And as always, if you have questions or suggestions or comments or testimonials, I'm happy to share those on, on the air. And you can write to me at liz at aromaticwisdom.com. And finally, I'm going to end this episode the way I do every episode with a little segment called Smell My Life. Yay! So Smell My Life is a, is a segment where I share a real life application of essential oils from my own life's experiences. And this week I'm going to share about my grandson whose name is uh, Nico, we call him Bean. He's staying with us for three weeks this summer. And I've have a lot of opportunities to use essential oils with this little busy seven-year-old boy. But most recently, he's been really wound up at night. He's, we have a lot of fun. We play a lot during the day. At nighttime, we lay down, we read books, we talk, and he doesn't want to be quiet. He doesn't want to rest. He wants to just stay awake. He doesn't want to miss another second. So we've started a ritual where I massage his feet 
And I simply get an unscented lotion and add a little lavender to it, and I massage his feet and his legs. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll take my hand, and I will cup it sort of over his nose a little bit, and I'll say, now take a nice deep breath. He takes a nice deep breath. Sometimes I'll put a drop of lavender on his own hands and have him cup them over his nose, take a big deep breath. I'm teaching him about you know, bringing the energy down at the end of the day. And now he really looks forward to the, that foot massage with lavender because, it, first of all, it feels great. It's 100% attention from Nana. But I know that lavender contains a chemical component called linalacetate, which is soothing to the central nervous system. So it starts to bring him down into a quiet place and get him ready for sleep. So that's a wrap for episode number nine. I hope you'll join me next week for the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast number 10, where we continue with our methods of using essential oils at home. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate your sharing your valuable time with me. And until next time, keep filling your life with aromatic wisdom. <laughs>